What's up, everybody? This is Brett Hall, owner of Unspoken Clothing Company. Give us a follow at Unspoken0803 and check out all the goodies at unspoken-0803.com. And you are listening to the segment podcast. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Yo, senders, welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. You did it. Downloaded episode 98 with special guest Jeremy Nisley, formerly of Tasco, TLD, and Anzer. Have you ever stopped to think about the clothes that we're wearing out on the trails? Like, where did that come from? Well, a multitude of great products that are out there come from actually the mind of Jeremy Nisley. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to his story, how he got into designing and his mountain biking. But before we jump into the episode, always special thank you to the supporters of the segment podcast that help bring these episodes to you. First and foremost, thank you to YT Industries, YT Live Uncaged. Currently for the next two weeks, all of the YT bikes are going to be 25% off. So if you're looking to strike on a new bike, go ahead and take a look at the bikes that they have there at YT. Also, big thank you going out to Tasco, Tasco MTB made by riders for riders. I am loving their gloves, their shorts. Tasco was one of the very first supporters of the segment podcast. And so there is a discount code for you in the show notes below. If you want anything right now to freshen up your spring riding, go ahead and use the segment promo code in there to save a buck or two as well as help out the channel. Also a big thank you going out to Spy Optic. Spy Optic with their happy boost technology that filters out the bad blue wave light and lets in the good wave light to help boost your mood while keeping your eyes protected from the sun and debris while we're out there on the trails and looking cool in lifestyle. So take a look at spyoptic.com and also use the promo code to save yourself a buck or two. Also, a big thank you going out to SSB, Sandsport Brothers, for their chain lube spray and wash, waterless spray and wash, as well as their Tyler sealant. SSB products are simply the best, and thank you for your support there, SSB. Also, last but not least, big thank you going out to Dianese. Dianese for the protective gear that I wear while I'm out on the trails. Really appreciate always being safe out there and having like the coolest, lightest gear when possible. So thank you so much to Dianese for your support. Without further ado, Senders, let's get you into the podcast with Jeremy Nisley. Yo, what's up, Senders? Hey, happy Friday. It is a Friday. We're doing the podcast on a Friday night tonight. Hope everyone is back from work. I see uh, we got some folks in the audience already. I see people, some folks are still driving, maybe driving from home. <laughs> I see Trail Pimp out there saying, I'm driving, driving down to Folsom. Love you guys. What's up? What's up, Trail Pimp? Welcome to the podcast. Steve, hey, spokesman. I'll see you in Sedona soon, man. I can't wait for that. That's going to be like, what are we, a week and a half away? I wish it was this weekend, uh, but that's going to be super fun. Uh, whole Shot Award, as always, 
And the whole shot for tonight's podcast is going out to Tumor Warrior. Yes, sir. Excited for this one. He says, dude, guys, we're on a Friday night. Hope you guys have a cold beverage in your head. Where's my cold beverage? I have one in the fridge. I might have to go get it here in a little bit. Oh, good to see everybody. Hope everybody had a great week. And uh, we are marching down towards uh, Sedona Mountain Bike Fest. And uh, I can't wait. I don't know who's all going to be there that's in the audience. But if you're going to be there, uh, chime it in the chat. What's up, Life O'Reilly? Oh, baller intro. I, I, you know, well, I had to borrow the car and then, you know, pay for the rental and all that <laughs> other stuff. Uh, Burrell Bikes out of Idaho. What's up, man? So date night is with Mark for all of us. Yes, yes. Grab a drink. It's on me. It's in your fridge. <laughs> and uh, enjoy, you guys. Uh, it's going to be a great one tonight. Uh, tonight's guest is Jeremy Neasley, and he is a gentleman that I met uh, when he was at Tasco. Extremely talented writer, extremely talented apparel designer, web designer, web marketer. Uh, the guy is a jack of all traits, and I'm excited to have him on the show tonight. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, UO SoCal, what's up, Dan? He's saying, who's going to Sedona? Yeah, who is going to Sedona? Spokesman's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Spokesman, are you already there? He says, relaxing in a hotel room in Flagstaff on my way to Santa Cruz for my first ride in almost three months. Oh, welcome back to Cali. That's right, Mr. Durango. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, you're going to be in the Northern California area where our guest is from. Um, so... Gosh, I'm trying to think, do I have anything? Is there anything going on this weekend? What are you guys doing this weekend? Where are you riding? And uh, I don't think we have any races this weekend or anything that I know of. Um, I just saw Jeremy Neasley at Over the Hump a couple weekends ago. He was getting ready to uh, tear it up. And I believe, I mean, the guys, he just looks fast. I was, I had my son, so I, I you know, I was doing slushies and snacks and everything else and i didn't really get to see him <laughs> i didn't really get to see him race but i bet he killed it uh but without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's bring on the guest for tonight for the segment podcast welcome aboard jeremy neasley mark yo jeremy what's up bud what's happening thanks for having me dude is good to see you man and uh yeah for the folks who don't know you obviously i know you because uh when you worked at tasco I got to meet you there. You were one of the main designers or or the designer there. And I fell yep. in love with everything that you did. You know, the the scout shorts are my favorite shorts ever, which are I still actually wearing scout shorts right now. Um, and then into the pants that that you guys made and everything else. But uh tell the folks a little bit about who is Jeremy Neasley. Yeah, for sure. So it's Jeremy Nisley. Nisley. <laughs> yeah. it's right I, almost no one gets it so <laughs> good i'm in but the yeah. bell curve <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i guess my i grew up in aptos i think you kind of touched on that in the intro um super bike culture and i was always around it you know um but like growing up i rode primarily as a way to train for for motocross i was racing uh mostly moto growing up and uh yeah so i've all but i've always like kind of just loved art and um i went to to school for graphic design oh dang. so that's kind of how i originally got into doing graphics um i i, I wound up in southern california for college i went down to san diego oh, for the oh. art institute oh so that nice. was like 
Oh boy. Super fun, you know, different yeah. tone. And I, but I wasn't really writing at all. I was just going to school and um, like towards the end of college, I was super out of shape, like, you know, just doing the college thing. And I had this like P3, I think it was called a specialized hardtail, kind of a dirt jumper. And uh, I hopped back on that thing and started getting in shape. And then pretty much from that point, I've been just riding, I don't know, four, three, four times a week since Dude. like 2009, basically. Dang, bit by the bug for sure. Now, yeah. when you were doing moto, I, I obviously, well, actually, let, let me just pop this up for the folks that are watching this live right now. Um, Jeremy rips, and I always, uh, I'm, I'm newer to mountain biking, you know, but I always feel like the folks that come from moto, Don Zabo, Steve Caballero, like the guys that, uh, Destin Cantrell, they just freaking rip when they get on mountain bikes and uh here is some of that going on where where is this right here i think right here oh that's you following your son that's sky park yeah that's sky park yeah that's uh what is that arrow no that's yeah sleigh oh ride. sleigh ride yeah oh, man sky park is so good yeah here's a there's a clip right here maybe this is it sedona sedona with the mountain bike fest coming up this is yeah. you ripping. oh yeah i don't know if this is me that's gabe so that that's uh that's Gabe and that's David um, Lieb. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's a super ripper. Tasco squad. That's right. Yeah, so that that was me just like putting some clips of our trip. We had like we last year, we went had a pretty big crew. We all stayed in this Airbnb and just had a blast. I love it out there. It it's such a pretty place. Um, but as far as like you training moto and uh, being on the mountain bike did a lot of those skills you know transfer over real easily when it comes to cornering and just bike handling do you feel like yeah i think so i think it's not a direct translation at least in my experience like for sure you get some handling but now that i've been riding bikes for so long i go back to ride a motocross bike and like uh -huh. i can barely ride a moto like <laughs> I would need like <laughs> months to reacclimate. So there's definitely some skills that transfer, but I don't yeah. know if it's like, if you're good at moto, you're, you're automatically good at, at mountain biking. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I feel like it. I just seen so many folks that, that come over and they're, they're like, they, the way that they eye the lines, the way that they handle the bike. Um, I think too, even the jumps, cause a lot of those moto guys are sending like a hundred foot jumps. Dude, and like it comes to David, a, um, or Huffman. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's on that intense, the, their e-bike. Right. And, um, like, it's amazing to watch him on that bike. He's sending it. Oh, man. It must feel yeah. like child's play to the, some of those guys. Like, 100 feet. Now I'm doing, like, 15 foot. That's not that big. Yeah. <laughs> 20 foot. That's not that big. And it's a lot slower. You have to think about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so you grew up in Aptos. Uh, looks like we got spokesman MTB out here. He's saying, love me some SF Bay. All right. Wild oh, yeah. Ranch and possibly. Dude, I, I go SF. back. I went back a few months ago and I haven't been for a while. And I'm just going like, why did I ever leave this place? It's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like the trails are good. It's the weather is good. Trail. I mean, yeah, it's amazing up there. Now, is it true? I, I don't know. But is it true that, that mountain biking literally started? out there in Marin yeah, a bit north of Santa Cruz. Yeah. In Marin, I think. Okay. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. There's a, 
Mount Tam, I think, was like the famous kind of like the first trail system. Man. I could be wrong, but that's why that's what comes to mind anyway. I feel like for us here in Southern California, whenever we go up north and we get like that loamy type of dirt, you know, that's real sticky and fun to ride. It's like, wow, what is this? This is so good. (laughs) So good. Yeah, it was really fun. When we went up, I went up with with my son and you saw him in, in the video. So he's pretty good. Like he he's been riding since he was like two years old. So he's got like handling skills, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to get him to climb more. So we went out to Nicene Marks, which is like I grew up in Aptos, like pretty close to the trailhead at Nicene Marks. And there's this climb that goes up to Sand Point. It's like a, a pretty rad lookout. And so I took him up that climb, <laughs> trying to get him to the top, and we didn't quite make it. But yeah, it was fun because like that was my trail as a kid so to take my son there was super fun oh man that must have been a cool look back how did he do on the climb i know how my son does on climbs <laughs> yeah i mean it, he did he did good honestly like and i'll put i'll like just reach a hand out on his back and like give him some boosts every so often yeah just yeah gotta get them keep the motivation going <laughs> totally that's so good i love the father and son time i i recently purchased a uh seat called the shotgun seat it's i think it's the shotgun or kids ride shotgun pro so yeah, it, it doesn't even knows. touch the frame it, it just like there's a clip around the uh around the seat post and a clip around the the um headset of my bike and uh, my kiddo is just loving it he's like let's go dad I even did a race yeah. <laughs> where I think you saw me at OTH. I I <laughs> yeah. And actually you know, there's a over the hump race this uh, tomorrow. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. Over the hump race. And um, yeah, that's going on this weekend. There it is. USO Cal's yeah. backing it up right there. OTH. Yeah, and there's another, um, there's another, I forget what they call it. Basically e-bike race too. Yes. It's gotta be the SSB kilowatt. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Oh, Good dude. Name. That's what I did. Uh, I, that's what I took Madison on the SSB kilowatt race. Yeah. And um, I don't want to tell him, but I think we got completely last. <laughs> <laughs> so he, rode, he rode on that, that seat with you. Yeah, it was amazing. He rode on the shotgun seat. And so, you know, he got to see everything like coming into the corners, taking the corners, doing the climbs, those, those crazy switchbacks on the backside by the yeah. lake. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. So I rode that by accident and practice uh-huh because that was only for the e-bike e-bike race yeah but it it's... was like taped off when i was pre-riding uh-huh <laughs> I, I took a group of guys up there by accident and i was like i don't oh. know i don't think we ride this it's kind of steep and tight <laughs> dude it, it was so steep and so switchbacky like for the folks that have that did it uh, you know some of the corners if you if you pedal too hard like that front end just wants to lift up with the motor on the yeah. on the e and uh man you should have heard madison the whole time I was like come on dad this is a race and there was a there was a lady that was in front of me and i think i'm gonna just say it i think her bike was unlocked mm. <laughs> and i could not <laughs> catch her in the straights and my son was like come on dad this is a race what are you doing <laughs> yeah. That's so good. oh man he was he was killing me he was killing me uh, spokesman saying here, going back to uh, where mountain biking started, he says MTB started on Mount Tam, just like you said, in Marin, with guys like Keith Bondrager, Richie, Joe Breeze. Looks look for film Clunkers, classic. Yeah, story. that's a good. That's a good film. They're on like they basically look like beach cruisers, <laughs> modified. <laughs> oh. Super. I mean, it's like so 
I can't even imagine trying to ride <laughs> you know, that type of bike and they're going fast. Like super cool. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. Cause the mountains are the same as they were, they are today as they were back then. It's just that now we have all this like nice geometry, super yeah. sweet, uh, you know, bikes that can handle a lot of stuff, which is, which is crazy to think of guys that are just jamming down the hills in those bikes before. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeremy, when you, when you were mountain biking back then, um, was it because, did you get into it because of the family or was it a friend or how did you, how'd you start? Yeah, man, I don't know. I think, I think it was a neighborhood friend. One of my, one of my buddies in the neighborhood, his dad was like pretty into mountain bikes. I remember they had I mean, I don't know. I forget what the bike was, but it, it had this front fork on it. It's called a AMP or AMP, maybe front uh-huh. fork. It's like this. It's not your standard. Think about a front fork. It has like this triangle right beneath the steer tube, and then it just has like rigid legs that come down. And oh. the, the bike just looked amazing. It had it all decked out with like you know like colored bolts, and it was I think it was carbon. And so that just seeing that bike, I remember like. I have to, I want to get a bike. Like that's, that thing is insane looking. Right. And his, you know, my friend had a specialized, it was an FSR. It must've been a stump jumper. It was a full suspension. It was like their first one, you know, it was lime green with the, the red rock shock on it. And, um, so like, that was just like, you know, seeing those. And then we had this empty lot next to our house that we had built like jumps on and stuff, you know, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, we started on BMX bikes and then as soon as we could, we got some mountain bikes and they were, I think they were funny. Like my first one was a, a K2. Okay. It's called a, be- a beast. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have if you don't know what this is, like Google it because they're, they're amazing. It's got like a, it's got a swing arm, uh-huh. like a moto style swing arm. And I think it had like an elastomer oh. shock on it. <laughs> but the front fork was a dual crown front fork but i mean the geometry was like cross-country like bike geometry 90 right? degrees. Kinda, yeah it kind of <laughs> looks like a downhill bike oh god dual crown and on the top of the fork it had a digital it was called like a smart smart fork or, or a smart adjustment thing it basically had like a watch face on the top of the fork oh, and you nice. can like it didn't do anything I guarantee it did nothing. It was just like her looks. Like gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, because it was an elastomer fork, so I don't know what it could have done, you know? <laughs> right. To try to dig into that and find out. <laughs> Push on the elastomer just like a teeny bit more or something. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that was cool is it had, uh, had Mag- Magura brakes. They were uh, rim brakes, but they were hydraulic. <laughs> Whoa, no yeah. way. Holy so that cow. Pretty, that was pretty amazing <laughs> for back then. That's <laughs> pretty cool back That was like state of the art, man. Yeah, so that was like the first bike, and we we would you know like my brother had a Santa Cruz Bullet that that was a really cool bike. I don't know why he got a, such a nicer bike than me, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, so wait we, a minute, yeah. wait a second, I got a K two. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd like we'd all just ride from our house down to Nicey Marks, and you know we had the little loop. We built jumps all the time, like back when when we were kids in Santa Cruz, there was a ton of little empty lots and they they all had jumps in them. You know, so we'd, we'd go just cruise around and hit the jumps and ride the trails. Yeah, so fun, man. So fun. So you kind of grew up doing that and uh, riding and you kept going. And then 
you got into graphic design. So we're getting closer to how like you started working for like Troy Lee and, and mm-hmm. eventually to Tasco as well. But were you always like, did, did mountain biking help with your creativity? Or were you always creative and that helped with your mountain biking or were they two separate things? Yeah, I think they, I think it definitely helps. I've, I've always kind of been creative. Like when I was, when I was real young, my dad had always had these like Apple or like Macintosh computers. Uh-huh. I remember one of them, it was a, I think it was black and white at that point, but it had like this drawing program on it. And I would, I was kind of into skateboarding back then. So I, would, I had this, this brand and it was literally, you know, it was my brand. I called it obsolete, obsolete oh, skateboard. Sweet. And I used to like design the the decks in there. And then I got really into drawing shoes. So I had like books full of like shoe sketches from, I don't know, probably like elementary school. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that, it's pretty fun to look back on that stuff. So I guess I've always been into like um, design apparel a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's something that you didn't just fall into. You kind of already had the passion for it. And then off to college that was the you you picked that and then how how did you get to troy lee from from san diego when you were at school there was that one of the first jobs that you got into so yeah my my first job it's actually a good story okay this is like this is how how things happen and it's it's just like kind of luck and uh i guess like luck and preparation kind of i was at a I was at a coffee shop in San Diego. I'm still in school. I, I don't know, like, I'm pretty new to the area, so I don't know any companies down here or down in San Diego. And I see a, a card on, a like, a bulletin board in a coffee shop, and it's a one industry's business card. It's this dude, Cody was his name. And I'm like, dude, one industry. It's like, I, I was a huge fan of one industry. When I was racing Moto, I was actually sponsored by them you know like oh. as an amateur or whatever like a little discount program or something yeah so I, I was pretty familiar with them I, I mean I was literally collecting their catalogs for inspiration so I was like blown away and um I kind of forgot about it honestly I, I was busy at school and then maybe like two years later like towards the end of of college I was on looking for a job I was on Craigslist and there was a production artist job posting totally anonymous like no company attached to it and i applied for it and i got an email back and it was from one industry from cody no from way not not, not oh. from cody but it was from one industry from one so industries like, yeah we're looking for a guy to do like the production art for bike graphics dude what the heck i know right so i'm like <laughs> that's crazy that, that's me like heck yeah i want to do that <laughs> yeah and the, and the job was like you know it was perfect for coming out of school and it was obviously a company that i was interested in so i, I hopped on it um but it was like super um entry level like it was so for motocross graphics you know they design it on the most current bike so whatever like the current year is it'd be like 2023 ktm whatever and then so my job was to take that one graphic and then apply it to all of the previous models because the shrouds are shaped differently and you have to like move the art around and all that stuff. Oh, dang. So I do that and I'd like set it up for screen print and that was it. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. So it's kind of like 
somewhat creative, but a little tedious at the same time. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it was good because it, it, you're, you're literally working in illustrator like eight to 10 hours a day. And just like the, just to get so proficient at that program helped a ton. And eventually I moved into the design department at one industry and was working on like, you know, graphics. I was doing some of the, um, like the graphic, the actual design for the bikes and just like graphic design projects. And so I'm riding at this point, I'm like pretty obsessed with mountain biking. And I'm the only person really at the company. There's two of us that ride, ride mountain bikes. And so one industry wants to design uh, a mountain bike apparel collection. No way. Yeah. So they're doing like oh. right now they're doing helmets and, and motocross gear, but they want to launch a mountain bike apparel collection. Where did that come from? Did they, they see the market mountain bike market? Like that there was a lot of like cross pollination from athletes going back and forth to each sport. Yeah. I think that's part, I think that's part of it. And I think, a lot of the, a lot of like the factories that um, make motocross gear, they're the same. They're the same factories that make mountain bike products. Oh, so they and already have distribution set up and everything yeah. else ready to and go. Then you're seeing like TLD, you know, like really investing in in both sports. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, at that point, I was like, I have to be a part of that somehow. Like, I, I don't know how to design apparel, but like, I'll do anything basically to just yeah. like learn it. And um, Smart. I got super lucky and the art or the creative director kind of like took me under his wing and just taught me how, you know, like through, it was really on that first apparel collection from one industry that designed like one short, a jersey, one glove, and I did some graphics. Um, and yeah, since then, like that's what I've been doing is basically designing technical apparel. Whoa. Now, like, walk us through a little bit about what that looks like, because I, I can imagine like the design thing, you know, you're, you're putting up um, some graphics that, that'll look cool. But when you're actually designing something, I'm sure that's like, it's all three dimensional and how it fits on someone's body and how it applies when the body moves. Is that, is it really difficult to learn? Yeah, it is. It, it's hard. Um, I mean, you really, the degree or the the schooling that you would need is like a fashion design degree. Oh, holy crap. And that's where you learn like patterning and, and fit and all, all the stuff that I kind of like have picked up over the last um, 14 years, I guess. Wow. But like one industry was great because they were big enough to where they had a pattern maker. They had a person to build out the specs and they had someone to source the fabrics that we wanted to use. And they had a whole team for development, which is basically the communicating the designer's um, artwork to the factory that's going to be making it and just coordinating to make sure that everything is um, kind of as intended. Got it. So like Got through it. that process, like working with those four different teams and kind of just like picking up what they do you know yeah um, it was actually really beneficial because when i started at troy lee it was it was like just designers did everything like designers designed the, the product developed the product spec the product wow 
Yeah. So you didn't have like the, so like teams were, you weren't in silos. It was the designer that did from start to finish. Whereas at, at one, you were able to like have like your silo and then somebody else would kind of pick up the other part and somewhat of a team. It sounded like. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, does anyone want me to kind of run through the process or is that overkill? No, go for it. I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating how, you know, we wear these clothes all the time, but to stop and think like, how in the heck did this come from someone's head <laughs> into right. what we're wearing out there? And, and, uh, it still looks good and feels good and you can go wear it on and off the bike. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give like a simplified kind of process, but so at, when you have a big team, um, as a, as a design team, your kind of your goal is to make something that looks good and is functional. So like a lot of times the way you kind of figure out what works is like, fortunately I ride, so I can just like, I, you should see my attic. I have a entire rolling rack, like full of shorts that are just from you know, different brands and different fits and everything. So like, I just, you, you really like, you figure out what kind of the, the customer, first you figure out the customer. So it's going to be like a downhill, downhill kit. Is it going to be more of like a trail kit? And that kind of like defines your material and your fit a little bit. You know, you can always play with fit and it kind of changes over time too, like preference and, and all that. But um, yeah. So at, at one, it would be like, I design it. So I sit down, I like pick the fabric, I design the short to like the, the cut of it, where the pockets are, how, how long the zippers are, like how tall is the waistband? Does it have belt loops? Like that type of stuff. Wow. How, is it, how is it constructed? Like, is it a um, seamless kind of like leg opening or is it a double needle? You kind of like, it's all kind of defined by the end use, I guess, in a way. Yeah. So you build what's called a tech pack. And that, um, that tech pack has the artwork. And then it calls out every single detail. So like I just mentioned, like how long, what type of zipper it is, how long it is, what angle it's at. Wow. How, how deep is the pocket bag and everything like really? that. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And then if it's like DH or Enduro or Trail, then it's like how thick is the, I mean, little things, right? How thick is the material, but then is it also cooling? I mean, holy cow, there's so much to think about. Totally, yeah. And a lot of times there's constraints as far as like the the target cost you're trying to design to. So like you kind of work back, obviously, from the retail price. And mm. you say like, if it's $100 short, then... I, I need to design it to this target cost, you know, so that it can actually retail for what it needs to. Good Lord. <laughs> so many things <laughs> to go into it. I'm just thinking yeah. of like the design and functionality. Then there's, yeah, that's a big one. The price, if it's too unattainable, then no one's going to be wearing it. Yeah. And that comes with like, I mean, usually that's defined before you sit down to design. Yeah. Because you need to know like, how many zippers you can put on it because zippers are expensive you know mm. and fabric is probably the number one driver of price so if you go with a name brand shoulder or something that's like 
super expensive, that's going to heavily influence the retail. Wow. Dang. That's crazy, man. I, I had no idea that all that goes into, that's just like, that's just the design part. Right. And then there's yeah. like, there's like testing to make sure that it's going to do well. And then manufacturers, who's going to not take your money and run, who's actually going to be able <laughs> yeah. to perform and ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, luckily the, a lot of the manufacturers that make, motocross and mountain bike gear are like super well established and they work with most brands honestly like it's kind of there's like maybe four or five factories that handle almost all of the gear that you guys ride in really no way only four or five are they all overseas uh yeah part? pretty much okay. yeah that definitely helps with the cost i'm sure i'm sure um yeah. spokesman has a couple things he wants to chime in real quick he says Aldous Freehand, old school design software. Do you recognize that? Ooh, no, I've no. never heard of that. <laughs> and then he also saying, um, for your Troy Lee, he says, Troy Lee has always been a leading creative force in MTB. Remember the little skull stickers that came with the helmets? <laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so you're you're at uh you're at one, and then uh the next step is you get over into TLD, but uh was it was it kind of like the experience of the mountain bike apparel you were doing with one industries that was able to get you over to TLD or did they have an opening or somebody went over there and pulled you over? How did that, how that happen? Yeah. So it's another kind of uh, just, I guess, a luck story. I was in, I was in Laguna um, doing some downhill shuttles on Talonics nice. <laughs> and I just ran into this guy and I ended up shuttling with him. Well, he was, he, he was a, inside sales for Troy Lee. I love when that happens. And, yeah. And, um, and the designer was leaving. He had started his own company. This guy's really talented. His name's Ben. He started Hiplock. Have you heard of Hiplock? I, not yet. No, no, it's really cool. It's a, it's a, it's a lock that you can wear as a belt. Oh, crazy. Yeah. The, you probably see them. Um, but he, he started that business and was moving, I think out of the country to kind of like ramp it up. And, um, so there was an opening and right. The, the sales rep name is Ryan. And he was like, Hey, you should come work for Troy Lee because we have an opening. Dude, <laughs> and so I was like, crazy. yeah, um, definitely. I'll check it out. That's crazy. That's crazy. So when you go to these interviews for these, for these jobs, these creative jobs like that, is it, is it hard like, do they, because there seems like there's so many aspects to that job that you have to be proficient at and good at, right? Is it, right. Uh, is it and then it sounds like a Troy Lee, like you do it all. So how did you go from having a team to being like, yeah, man, I can, I can do it all. Um, did, did you have to show them something? Yeah, that's or? a super good question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think like as a creative, when you're applying for jobs, you, you have a portfolio mm. that shows like your past work. And for me, that was a lot of graphic design and a few products. So, but I think when I started at Troy Lee, the, the position wasn't as big as, I don't want to say I made, I made it, but I think it, it was kind of intended to be like a, a junior role okay. and I was just so driven and 
basically obsessed with designing apparel that um, I kind of just like ran with a lot of stuff, honestly. And, you know, it worked like sales was loving it. Troy was liking the gear. And so it kind of just like grew like the bike line grew a ton. Uh, we, we ended up, so I was designing and developing at Troy Lee for one, only about one year. Okay. And then I was able to hire a developer or I say I, but it was really, it was really, we hired a developer. It was actually my brother. So he came on. Nice. And then so, so now we're like, you know, now I got more horsepower, the, the line's growing. So I'm able to hand off designs to, to Nick and he's able to, to communicate with the factory and, and kind of like take on half of this role, which was good. Cause like we had probably three X, the product, the, the product range. Okay. It was just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ended up kind of just, um, yeah, basically owning the, the bicycle, um, business in a way at least the product uh, like it wow. was we we had this awesome team um we all still are super good friends there was uh industrial designer who was actually designing the helmets so he's like he's like building the 3d models oh wow uh, we had a we had a guy designing protection and then we had the graphic designer and then myself and my brother Wow, that was the team there at TLD, just like pumping out yeah, all those products. A, yeah, that was for bike, oh, and then there's hey. a, another team for moto that that we're doing like really cool stuff. Dang, I'm going I'm going back in your Instagram right now to see if it if it takes me back to the TLD days. But if if not, I could always pop up the TLD website. Um, and then we can always pop over to Tasco as well. But what are some of the main products that um, were really successful that kind of helped change the sport, so to, so to speak, you know, and you're pumping out all this stuff because sure, yeah. there's a lot of people riding TLD. Man. I don't, yeah, I think probably a lot of the stuff hasn't honestly changed too much. Um, the Ruckus short is, is pretty similar to the one that I designed. Okay. It's been changed a tiny bit. Um, the ACE glove is the same still. And uh, what else? Skyline is pretty much the same. Dude, those so are... So a lot of the stuff that I did is still like, it's still pretty pretty similar. Whoa, that's crazy. Say those products again, just so for folks to, to know, they're probably writing in them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, um, the, the, ruck, the Ruckus short, the ACE short, the skyline short and then for jerseys it was uh, also i designed the sprint the sprint pants that was the downhill specific dang Jeremy, yeah. that's cool man yeah. that's really cool yeah as far as like the graphic i know that there was a graphic designer you said on the team but did you were you able to get your uh any of your graphics on any products that went out there yeah so every every product actually Really? The graphic designer was working on helmets. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> that is awesome. That is really cool. Um, you have a question here from Spokesman MTB says, what have, the, what have the most impactful innovations been in garment design in the last five years? And who is the leader in that space today? Yeah. 
man, I, there's so much good product out there. It would be hard to say. Like, I think like if I was to go out and pick what I thought was the best, it would probably be like a Jersey from, I'm just throwing out random companies, but let's say like a Jersey from the kind and a short from Fox, you know, cause mm -hmm. like, yeah, there, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I think that Fox has done an amazing job, like really improving their, like their durability and their, and their fits and everything. Like they've always been amazing, but I think especially like in the last few years, I've really noticed like so much product too and like pretty innovative stuff as far, I guess like, so I'm not uh, just throwing out innovative. Like if you see some of like the base layer stuff. Okay. Yeah. I think Fox had like, they had like a, undershort that had protection built into it and that's something like i loved i love when product can kind of be like multi-use or mm. integrated in in certain ways like to me that's what's really kind of next level yeah that's cool it has like a couple different purposes um mm. you know the the fit the performance and then it could be some protection on there or, or lead into something else or attached to like neck brace or whatever the case yeah, is yeah. that's convertible that's, stuff like i know i've always loved doing jackets and windbreakers just because they're they're so useful and they're fun you know they pack up and so you can come up with creative ways to stash them and and uh, you know it's all it's all pretty fun but like i think what what specialized did with swat was really really pretty cool and like i don't know that it, a lot of writers really used it as it was intended but they had a they had a pocket on their short. It wasn't it wasn't a pocket. It's just a zipper. So the short just zips open, and then you can access the pocket in the bib or in the liner short. Uh huh. Stuff like that. Like that was really that was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I know. Like some some of the undergarments, like uh, Nesium has like pockets for cell phones and things like that. So that's kind of a neat concept that you could like get right through the short to access. Um, yeah. The bib and now when it comes to you is it difficult sometimes for you to ride in clothing because does your brain always think like how could this be a little bit better whereas like you know i just know when i ride something i'm like i really like this like the scout shorts for example by tasco i'm like oh, man I, I love the way that the pockets are on the side my phone's never like bouncing off my thigh it's always on on the on the side of my quad um the the zipper locks that you have on there and um just the what are they the at the at the meeting points you have it like double stitched and like there's like that glue part over there i mean yeah yeah dude, it's a little it's, bit of a tape on there yeah and then the velcro is like facing away from my skin so on yeah. the inside of the waistband for the <clears throat> holiday season and unholiday season <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah does your brain just continuously try to think of ways to make things better for us out there on the bikes yeah, for sure. Like, it's a little tricky because when you're working somewhere, like when I was at Tasco, I'm pretty much always wearing Tasco product. You know what I mean? Like, it, and I'll go for like an early morning ride. I'll try to sneak something, something else on, but I can't yeah. go to Sedona and ride around in like a fox kit or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so really, like a majority, it's it's really improving your own product because you're, I'm putting however many hours say like 10 hours a week and the scout short 
and things are going to bug you. You're going to, you're going to constantly be taking notes on, I wish this, this pocket just went up a little bit higher, you know, it's hard to grab, or I wish there was a, um, I don't know, waist adjuster. It's hard to, it's hard to grab it because the Velcro goes all the way to the end of the, the adjuster and you can't grab it with your gloves. It's just like little tweaks. Like there's been a ton of improvements to the scout short since the first generation one, but like you probably didn't even notice because they're little just usability tweaks and just like small improvements. I mean, I only, I only noticed like the big stuff, like uh, the scout shorts, it's made from the recycled material and then the, the phantom type of material for the summertime, that very lightweight, uh, version of the scout short but what were some of the minor tweaks that you did just now thinking about it i could look back at those shorts and be like oh yeah what, what, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what were they so this kind of like ties back to designing to a price point but that short originally was supposed to have uh, a no so um, leg opening which is basically like it's bonded so okay. there's no stitching okay and that's why those little um you call them glue tabs like how there's that little tape on top of the the bar tack yeah those little black squares yeah so like that was originally there just because when you tape stuff where it's taped the at the seam is like the most common spot for failure okay that's where you have the most fabric okay like the weakest like what you do yeah it's like imagine it being hemmed Uh uh-huh so it's being folded over to to be hemmed, but it, there's actually glue in between. So it's like, there's just like the stitching and the multiple layers of fabric that are getting folded on top of each other. And like, that's where it always comes apart. Got so it. like what you do is you do the bar tack, which is just like that little cluster of, of thread. And then I put the transfer tape on top of it to kind of like lock it in and make sure that nothing would come apart. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that was left over from that. We had to take it off for, for cost reasons. Uh, then but we're like, we like the way that looks, you know, it makes a short yeah. unique and it's a nice feature for durability anyway. So we ended up keeping it. Okay. So like little, like little things like that is were, were the tweaks from like version one to version two, so to speak. And then um, the ones that, uh, that Nate has now. I know we're. I know we kind of like. I don't want to breeze over a TLD. That's a big deal, and already we're or we're talking about Tasco. But um, I believe it's the uh, the session shorts now that uh, you guys designed. Those are cool because um, I could literally jump off the bike and, and go straight into date night with those suckers. Was that was that something along the lines of like, hey man, we gotta figure out something that's kind of like lives in both lifestyles, active wear and just casual lifestyle wear? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was. I mean, you figure have you ever ridden in a in like a, a board short or a hybrid surf short? Yeah, yeah, like that little stretchier material, right? Yeah, and just the fits different. Like the yeah. biggest thing is that the scout shorts you could wear all day. But it is kind of irritating that there's zippers and there's there's no back pocket for your wallet. And then there's zippers in the front. So it's just kind of like not as intuitive as your walk, your regular walk short, right? Yeah. So that one was kind of like, this is the short. It's literally the short you would be wearing, but it's just performance. So you can run into the store. You can walk the dog. You can do whatever you got to do. 
but you can just hop on your bike too. You know, it's kind of a, we were very focused on kind of just the outdoor vibe of like camping and riding and just multi-sport, you know, just being outdoors. So that's kind of where that thing came from. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a great lifestyle short and, uh, for performance wise, I just feel like I'm like, Oh man, I feel a little bit more, feel a little bit more tuned up in these shorts, you know, <laughs> a little more respectable in these. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm bouncing from, uh, my scouts to the session, I'll, if, you know, if I need to, when I, it's a button on the scout. So I just like pull the waist and like everything comes undone in the Velcro, but with the other ones, it's like an actual, button button that i have to yeah. <laughs> pull through the little button <laughs> you're gonna rip it off <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it's so designed so tight i'm like hey what's stuck what's going on <laughs> yeah um spokesman saying hey gonna see gonna see uh, shorts velcro onto the seats at some point calling it the glute bind technology <laughs> there you go <laughs> thank you steve <laughs> multi-million dollar I idea i thought that would be a benefit <laughs> <laughs> right i'm trying to get away from the bike <laughs> Oh, yeah, but man. that said nothing's worse than like getting wd-40 or, or not like something slippery you know yes maxima spray or something on your saddle and you go you go ride and you're like <laughs> what is happening exactly <laughs> or when you hit the, the sunscreen you know when you start to get sweaty yeah. you're like oh god here we go i'm gonna die today <laughs> spokesman saying board shorts dry out fast i've always liked that yeah yeah yeah, I think you like the Steve. I think you like the new session shorts there by Tasco. Um, they're they're pretty similar. Like you, you got. I bet you I could surf in those things. I mean, it's it's bendable, sure it's stretchy. Yeah, they they look they look pretty nice. Yeah. So, going back, uh, let's go back to to TLD because uh, in the storyline we still have you there. You're you're designing. You guys are pumping out three X, uh, moving things. You're there with your brother, and. Uh, physically have like kind of like your signature on a lot of their products why what 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 happened there did you was it too monotonous too much pressure or just needed saw an opportunity to grow yeah so i spent you know i spent over five years at at tld and it was still like one of the best experiences ever you know it's so much fun like we traveled a ton we went to the Euro bikes and the downhill races in Austria. And Dude, it was like big budgets. You know, big more budget. you can ever ask for. <laughs> so much fun. Um, the reason, so after, after TLD, I went to answer racing. Okay. So that's like, they're basically motocross only. And it's a little weird, like, because they were really big in bike kind of in the hey, heyday. They I don't know. I'm, maybe you guys are familiar with them. I'm not. I'm not certain. But but right now, um, the Hayes, Hayes Group owns owns Answer for the bicycle market. Okay. And then another company, Tucker Tucker, which is a distributor, they own Answer for the motocross market. Oh, crazy! So like, yeah, it's basically it's split, and they don't really like cross that line, that line. You know, got it. They're very so, siloed, huh? They're almost they're siloed, two separate yeah, companies. Like, yeah, they are. They are yeah. two separate, completely separate companies. So when I went to answer, I went to the motocross answer. Okay. But I was hired to design mountain bike gear. What? Wait. So like I'm, I'm basically going there to launch their mountain bike program. 
under Tucker answer? Yeah. Or okay. Yeah. So it's the the wrong one. We don't have the license for to make we don't have the license to sell this gear, but we're gonna design it and then we're gonna pitch it to answer bike and try to work a deal where they're gonna distribute it for us or buy it, you know, or it, it could have gone several different ways. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was a cool opportunity because I was literally like building it from the ground up. Dang. Had like a pretty good budget. And, um, and so that's what I did. Like I spent a year just like grinding, hyper-focused, like built this really cool line with stuff that I still haven't seen in the market. Wow. And, um, I got to keep it a secret because maybe I'm going to make some of this stuff. Yes, right. But, yeah, but it never made it to never made it to market. Was that was that a lot of pressure knowing that you were building something kind of to be packaged up and hopefully sold to the the other side of answer? Yeah, I mean it was, but I, I mean I honestly I thought the whole time like they're definitely going to want this. Like, yeah, there's no doubt it's going to go, and it just never happened it was complicated with um just like the legal side of making it happen and you know the the hayes group they own like reynolds carbon wheels they own uh, oh, Lord. sun they own um forks which brand is it manitou manitou i think Jeez, deep pocket. so they have they have like and they own pro taper too so they got a lot going on wow Wow. So they had multiple sources of income that they can kind of like lean on. If, if a project kind of falls apart, they've already got a couple of their irons in the fire they can, totally, they can turn yeah. to. So, wow. Wow. Deep, deep pockets you're working with. And then when that didn't, you know, when that didn't pan out for the products, but obviously you have it in your mind, do you, when a company doesn't move forward with something, do you have to sign like a, a temporary like a do not compete clause or something that lasts for a period of time. So you have to kind of just hold on to those great ideas for a bit. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't like that because basically I designed the line. I had the entire physical product line, like on a rolling rack next to my desk, you know, I had already trying to like, I was basically already selling it to the reps. Like I was ready to go. And then we just kind of died. (laughs) (laughs) So, And it was cool because they didn't, it wasn't like, Hey, this isn't going like, see you later. The answer was, was super nice. And they're like, we could use another motocross gear designer. Like, let's just transition you to work on moto gear. Oh yeah. I kept you in house and just, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. I I moved over to moto and um, I designed like their entire race wear with one other, with one other designer. So I did that for probably two years before going to Tasco. Okay. So they restructured you in, which is cool. And you got to pump out some stuff and maybe even some similar things that kind of could apply from bike just differently than to the moto side. Um, yeah, for sure. Like a lot of that, um, I thought it was, it was part of the build here. Um, yeah, it could be. I could be mistaken on that. Yeah, for the folks or maybe who maybe they recently acquired it. For the folks that are listening in on uh, on the audio version, uh, spokesman MTB is asking. I thought Reynolds was part of Bell Giro. Um, so hard to keep track of. I know some of those big yeah. companies, man. They just have so many like entities, so many DBAs and <laughs> right. companies within a company, within a company. So, 
So yeah, you were saying um, you were probably able to take some of the ideas that you had fresh in your mind from the that were going to go to the bike side mm-hmm. and kind of tweak them a bit to go to the moto side. Yeah, it was actually it was actually pretty fun to make that switch because you know moto is different. There, there's kind of, I mean, there's more in a way to work with. You have like all those rubber TPRs, or what they're called. There's just all those rubber parts on there, and it's heavier duty material. And at that time, answer was building an off-road, like an enduro um, collection. So like those kind of like climb, if you guys are familiar with climb, K-L-I-M, they make like amazing enduro, like off-road gear. So we were kind of building that too. And that's really fun to work on because it's super technical, like multi-layer jackets with, you know, 20 pockets and liners and it's just like really really fun you know like the higher up the price point goes kind of the more fun this stuff is to work on that makes sense yeah the more freedom like you don't have to worry about we can only have two zippers on this thing in order to be in the right spot you can you know design whatever you want yeah yeah and a lot of that stuff too like it has kind of like integration for to like slip in the d3o um liners in there so there's just it's really it's kind of like what i was talking about earlier where it's very convertible the, yeah. z- the sleeves zip off and the, the liner comes out and it's just just technical fun that's cool yeah multiple multi-purpose wear protection comfort durability performance what would you say was your kind of what was your favorite product design on the bike side and then also on the moto side my favorite bike product i've ever designed has to be the ace short at yeah yeah because that one that one at the time it's pretty common now but like in 2015 when i first designed that short um it, it wasn't very common to see bonded seams or welded seams you know, and it was, it was kind of a new concept because the ACE was kind of Troy Lee's cross country kit. Oh, interesting. Now we'd probably call it like down country. Down country. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was, what I was trying to do is basically build a short that would, you could just put over your Lycra cross country kit and you could race in it. You know, so that whole kit, was cool because the jersey was it was a three pocket like cross country jersey uh-huh. but it was it was fit in a way where the the bottom wasn't super tight so you could wear it with baggy shorts nice that's my so, style like, I don't know if, it, if anyone's <laughs> if anyone's tried to wear like a cross country jersey with baggy shorts it's just awkward and right just, like, yeah opened up you know yeah i'm not very aerodynamic so, yeah, down cool. here <laughs> yeah and that that short won the design and innovation award for 2015 oh which cool. was like it was really cool it's the only only award that i've ever i've ever won dude that's pretty big anyway yeah. that's pretty big yeah, man that's really cool now when you pull up to a site i'm just i'm thinking if i were designing shorts and I designed something like the A short, I probably would roll up to every time I get to the top of a climb and see a group of people, I probably scan the squad and, and, uh, and look, but, uh, do you, how does it feel when you see like one of your babies out there on the trail, so to speak? Does it, does it feel good? 
is it cool it feels yeah it's it's really cool and i think it's it's interesting because i probably my the first product i designed was the one industry stuff and that was 2010 i think i think it came out in 2011 and i'll still see see those sometimes you know yes and that's really <laughs> mind-blowing and i see a lot of the tld stuff that i designed still like a sky park and stuff so yeah i don't like i don't ever like hey dude i designed that yeah. <laughs> you know that's I don't know. That just has a, a bad feel to it, but yeah. it's cool to see. I, I, I couldn't see you being that guy to be like, yo, I designed that, but I could see you kind of like taking that like smile on the inside, you know, going right on. That's uh, yeah. that's cool yeah. to see that. <laughs> yeah. Actually this weekend I was riding whiting with my son and there was a guy I overheard him talking like, he's like, yeah, I'm from, I'm here from New York. You know, I'm just like here for the weekend. He's on a fat bike and he was out, out here. And uh, Whiting is up in Lake Forest, and he was wearing all Tasco stuff. So I had I had to ask him. I was like, "Dude, how did you how did you like find out about Tasco?" Yeah, all from <laughs> the East Coast, right? Yeah, from the East Coast. You know, I mean, yeah, Tasco is nationwide, but like yeah. we have pockets, or like Tasco has pockets of where they're more like more popular or whatever. And he was like, "Oh, dude, I'm on a race team, and Nate sponsors me. And like, I just oh. I just talked to him yesterday. <laughs> That's so cool." That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's awesome. That had to make you smile because that's yeah, uh, probably that whole kit was your design. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think well, the cool part was he he knew more about it than I did. He's like, yeah, last November, the small batch like stuff that came out, it perfectly matches our team kit for this year. So I'm <laughs> a bunch of them. I'm like, what was November? I can't remember what we launched. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good stuff man so you'd say the a shorts for tld um got to be one of the ones and then you won that award there and then what about um what about on the moto side what uh what do you feel proud of there yeah let's see definitely that that off-road um collection that we came out with an answer yeah that was pretty fun that um, enduro and then, yeah, the enduro yeah stuff. there was another there was another pant at answer and it was called the Trinity. And like, I can't really take even probably a third of third credit for it. Cause it was a team that kind of built that pant, but it was cool. Cause it was basically a mountain bike pant with leather on the inside of the knees, you know, it was really like four way stretch. Everything was, was bonded on the inside. So there was no liner. Wow. And that, that was, a, that was a really cool kind of innovative product for that time. Dang, man, it's so cool. You got to do so many different things um, in the industry, you know, when it comes to the apparel side and in creative, like, and, and that's just not where you live. You you do other things too, like website design and marketing and uh, all kinds of stuff. So you're at TLD, you get over to Tasco. Now, how did Nate get you from, from TLD? What, what did he do? Did he steal yeah, you yeah. like a, at one of those shows? No, he, he tried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, we were. I met Nate at um, at a Fontana race. Okay. And and he he was had it was called Oso MTB when oh, when he first started it. Oh, you got you got on early then. I wasn't working for him at that time, but that's when I okay. met him. Oh, gotcha. So I met him at, he was at Fontana. I got a little ten by ten and like I don't know three or four t-shirts hanging up and <laughs> he was <laughs> hawking the shirts at the races, you know? Yeah. I met him and he was kind of like, we talked and he was like, yeah, you know, I would love for you to, 
design some stuff for me. But at that time I was at Troy Lee and I, I was like, I can't, you know, the conflict, yeah, conflict of and, interest. but let's stay in touch. You know, like, I'd like to see where, like where your company goes, like good luck, all that stuff. So when I guess, you know, it was probably, I think probably five years later that I like started work. It was after answer. So it was like, I went from Troy Lee to answer and then after like three years of answer nate had grown the business big enough to support an employee and he he wanted to bring me on yeah so yeah and i was i was you know i was already a fan and i liked what he was doing so i was on yeah. board i love i love his story that's a very cool like underdog story you know start start with uh, some product in your bedroom and then your right. your kiddo is the one that actually names it tasco you know, and yep. then go from the bedroom to the garage, the garage to to the location off of uh, Tiger Run, where he's at right now. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yep. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so when you got a whole, when you when you teamed up with Nate, was it mainly just t-shirts at the time? And then you helped expand yep. it into the gloves and the shorts and pants and everything? Yeah. So when, let's see, it was, I think Nate had kind of started toying with gloves. So it was the, the double digit. That chassis kind of already existed, mm -hmm. but I did all like the first graphics for that, for that glove. Got like it. The, I don't even know if I can remember what they were now. Red camo, indivisible, bike bits, I think. Those wow. Three. That was the first, first three. That was, yeah, those were the first, first three. And so it was literally when I, when I started, it was just gloves, like gloves and socks about three three styles of glove glove and sock whoa. kit whoa was the indivisible like what the indivisibles are today with like the american flag theme is that kind of just yeah they were like they were different design but yeah same same theme yeah now one of the gloves that man i i think is when i see it on the trail i'm just like from far away i'm like tasco for sure it's the misfits the, oh, yeah. The, yeah those dude i'm always like yep yep there's tasco over there <laughs> for sure yep. was that, i see those all the time yeah. <laughs> right those are dope was that was that your idea to do the misfits which uh for the folks who don't know those are the ones that look like skeleton hands yeah i think i don't remember how that came about i don't remember if we were just spitballing one day and that came up yeah um yeah i honestly don't remember those are, but those yeah, are that's cool. a that's a cool design. I remember like back when I was racing moto, Fox had a glove that was like a it's like a pit, like a mechanic glove or I don't know some type of like off the bike glove, uh -huh. and it had like the skeleton print. And I think uh -huh. I like I was like that. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool, man. It looks cool. I always like October's coming around and uh, those things sell out. <laughs> those things sell yeah. out like crazy. So let's talk a little bit about um, you on the bike. You know, we uh, we talked uh, about um, the apparel line and, and everything that you do to make us feel good, uh, be protected, but be like not dying from sweat out there <laughs> and not being restrictive in our body movement. But uh, where does Jeremy like to ride and what kind of a rider are you, Jeremy? Okay. Well, I like 
primarily right now, I'm a I'm a hardtail lycra wearing cross country guy. Yeah, I saw you at the OTA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I I when I first got into to bikes again after college, it was it was like riding on my dirt jumper, and then I discovered Fontana, uh-huh. and I immediately got a downhill bike, and uh, so that's like I was racing downhill almost exclusively for like the first five six years of kind of getting back into riding again yeah and um it was actually really a fun time like I, I was working at uh this sign a sign shop like way out in east county san diego okay while i was like, going to school like santa area this, or like yeah what was it called like lake jennings park road oh. I, I don't remember the, alpine it's basically alpine okay oh yeah that is pretty far east closer to att anderson truck trail out that way yeah and that's yeah. what it was like that's there was a group that would ride Anderson every Friday. No and I, way. Like, linked up with them. This guy Josh <laughs> had this like old kind of beater BMW wagon that he specifically bought just to shuttle that trail once no. a week. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, like the roof rack, like four bikes on top, four bikes <laughs> on the back. And it was like just charge up that fire road and we'd all just hammer down. Wait, you could actually I didn't know you could do that. You could actually shuttle ATT? Yeah, oh, okay. okay and that was yeah it's amazing dude that would be amazing for the folks that don't know or haven't ridden ATT it's like uh this I mean you got to climb up this fire road just to get to the trail heads like Spicoli one two and three and then you go down yeah. this fun fire road down it's like it's a fire road down but it's fast and there's like cool hits on the side and wall rides and then you got this beautiful lake view on your right with exposure so it's uh you don't want to miss a turn (laughs) a little hairy i haven't ridden that trail for probably probably over 10 years so i don't even know what what you have to do now to to ride it dude yeah so basically at that uh you you go up and then uh, you go up that fire road that you remember and then Mm -hmm. uh, they've have some trail fun trail systems at the top of that that uh so like when you get there, you, you're at the top and you're like, whoo, it worked, you know, are the trails like to the side of here? Like, are we, are we here? And it's like, yeah. no, uh, yes, you're at the top of this, but the trails are now are up there. <laughs> you're like, holy crap. So how long did it take to, to climb up there? Dude, it, it took me a long time. We went with the big squad and it was like half of us were E's, half of us were e-bikers and the other half were analog. And I was on the uh, YT Jeffsy analog bike at the time. So my pace was way faster than I normally would be just because of the mix of the different bikes. Uh, time-wise, I want to say it took me, dude, I it was a long time. It felt like a long time. I had to stop a couple of times and, and take a breather, which I normally don't have to, but that was a, that's long. It was a long one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you want to hit all the trails once you get up there. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there was, there's some really big features, like at least back in the day, like it, it's kind of rocky out there. So there's yes. all these like little features that are built on the boulders and yes. drop offs and stuff. Yeah. There's like one that transfers from boulder to boulder and uh, I remember if you don't make it, if, if, you, if you're just hitting it at trail speed, I think you just sail right over. But, um, you know, I was scoping everything out for the first time. And uh, I just, like, walked down to see how deep this crevice was. And it was, like, way over my head. And uh, yeah. when the guys hit it, I filmed from standing on the sand. And they just rolled. It was almost like going from rooftop to rooftop is what it looked like. Yeah, yeah that's cool. There's some big stuff out there for sure. So, so you're out East County working this, uh, working this job. 
and yeah. chuddling with these guys. That sounds pretty epic. Yeah, it was very, it was like kind of what, like it really kind of maybe cemented my obsession with bikes, honestly, because between that and then like discovering Fontana and just kind of getting into the downhill race scene, you know, super yeah. fun. Yeah. What um, what kind of bike did you have to buy for that, for the, for the DH scene out there? My first one was a Iron Horse. What? Even though, no, <laughs> what I, is that? I feel like if it, Joey was yeah. on tonight, he'd be popping all these up. I don't know what Iron Horse is. <laughs> if you go back to like the old Sam Hill videos, okay. he's, he's on an Iron Horse. And so they're, they were amazing bikes, like especially for back then. I, I feel like anyways, they were really fun, kind of like more gravity style bikes. I'm going to try to pop it up here on the, uh, let's see. I, I just did a Google search and a ton of stuff came up. Iron Horse. Tell me if you see anything that, that yeah. looks like what it is. Let me see. It's a little small here. here. Here's one here. 2008 Iron Horse yeah, Sunday Expert. Wow. What is this thing? The, the yeah, Geo that's it. The Sunday. Yeah. I didn't have the Sunday. I had like a, I forget what it was called, 7.3 or something like that. Dude, it was more of a trail bike. That's not, I mean, I know the G is way different, but if I just glanced at that bike, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's from like 2008. <laughs> yeah. No, the design was really cool. And Whoa. yeah, plus Sam Hill rode one. So back then that's all you needed. Right. Whoa. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, so you had an iron horse for Fontana. You're, you're loving the DH um, racing out there. Oh, Are, I got to tell you that other, other bike yeah, real quick. Yeah. I had some really, I, I had some really weird bikes. I had a, a giant, I forget what it was called, Fathom or something. Um, but the real, the real one, the like really interesting one, was a Chumba, Chumba F five, I think it was called. Chumba F five. Like that name could be. I just made that name up. Is that right? <laughs> there it is, dude. Chumba <laughs> that racing. Green one right there. The green one right there. Yeah. So what yeah, like somewhere heck? on my on my social, there's a picture of me racing that at Sea Otter. Bro, where's this YouTube? <laughs> No, there's no seat tube you don't get a seat tube <laughs> holy cow man but so, it's like literally a dirt bike swing arm it has like the linkage is kind of similar to, to a motocross bike whoa and, um, yeah and mine even had like a, a floating rear caliper so it had like this silly metal tube that like connected from like the linkage somewhere all the way back to the caliper and the caliper was floating it wasn't like stationary whoa that's crazy that does look like a motorcycle <laughs> yeah it was fun. i mean it was a super fun bike actually wow. had an air shock too which was really kind of new for for that year wow what's and, the yeah, travel on, on on this on this sucker that looks huge that's a Fox 40, so it would be like 200. Okay. I think, yeah. Wow. How fun. That thing, was it, now was it heavy? I mean, bikes today are super light, but was this yeah. thing like a tank? Yeah, it was heavy. I, I, I never, I don't think I've ever weighed a bike, but yeah, that, it was heavy. You go over to your right, there's a black frame. Okay. And it has a, the floating caliper thing on it. One more. Right here? Yeah, that thing. See that, like, rod that comes down right right that, there yeah so it's kind of a weird, weird whoa system. no the what one is... on the bottom beneath the swing arm 
Oh, here. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Whoa! What is what is that? So like that that piece that it attaches to yeah. is just is just like floating around the axle. What? And then and then that piece is what you attach the caliper to. So like what? when you when you're braking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you're braking, like in theory, it like removes the caliper from like the suspension system, I guess. Okay, got it's it. Like you don't get like a stiff suspension from from braking, I guess. God, I don't it. even know if it worked. Probably yeah. not. But. Yeah, it's it's like separated, so it's not uh, impacted by your your braking or your suspension to braking. It's all meant to be. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, what crazy ingenuity. Yeah, yeah super cool. I actually, I still like the look of that frame, and it's probably just me because I had one, but it's cool. So cool. funny that you, so funny that you're like, dude, I just made that up. I think Chumba Racing F5, and there it is. <laughs> I'm glad the F5 was right because that did not feel right. <laughs> so you had this Jumba F5. This is the was this the Fontana rig for your racing? Yeah, I raced a lot on that. And then I the last downhill bike I had was a Cove Shocker. Wow. Let's see. Yeah, that one that was a really, really nice bike. I, I would I would try I to, to pedal oh. that up skyline. What? <laughs> yeah. Dude. That's crazy, Jeremy. You're in good shape, man. So it's probably safe to say you don't have an e-bike, or do you? Uh, I have a Rad Power, but okay. I don't have a mountain, a mountain bike. Rad Powers are fun. Like, so yeah. good to be able to take those over to the beach. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I take the Grace enough from school you know, most, <laughs> yeah. most days on it. <laughs> Super yeah, fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. We got a few folks that jumped into the community with us here. What's up, Kaz? MTB Kaz is in here. And MTB Raging just made it. He says, wow, just made it. Nice. Yeah, Craig, Friday night. Friday night, we're doing a podcast. Jeremy Nisley of uh, a lot of the products yeah, right. that you wear. Uh, Jeremy is the godfather of that, so to speak. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if I'd go that far, but that's cool. <laughs> creator, <laughs> creator of these. Yeah, so cool. That's um do you and so then how did you go from DH? What got you into the whole XC scene? Was it um Yeah. I I broke my back in, oh. um, yeah, in Colorado. I was out there um for a work trip and so it was this, this is what, this is what happened. I was, I was shuttling into the day, like the last run, right? It's oh, always no. the last one. Oh no. Um, but it would have to be right. If you get hurt, you're not going to go up right. again. <laughs> <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically like I was on a, a specialized enduro. It was like that uh, would have been 2000. 16 no 2013 yeah this is 2013 and it was like the brand new carbon enduro long track super super cool bike but it had this like dt swiss axle on it okay and it was one of the ones with like the lever that's if you pull on it it like yeah. disengages it and you can reposition it okay so like those were super problematic they would get bumped by stuff and uh -oh. then the axle would loosen up and this is what happened to me like, i hear axle, foreshadowing coming here <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, i wish i would have known it was an issue but yeah i hey what's up nick i um 
I, it came loose on the trail and oh, I'm God. just like crashing down. I, I don't even know what trail it was. It was Col- at uh, Colorado. I'm thinking Colorado. big mountain, fast, steep. Yeah. It was for like an Enduro World Series. So we're just out Holy like crap. having a time. I was with um, like Curtis Keen and Rachel Straight and um, like a few photographers and stick from TLD. So like a super fun crew or just like, you know, just having, having fun. And so I come into this corner, like flying and I, you know, I don't even know what happened because I'm, I'm the victim here, but like I go over and just kind of like head first into the, the berm. And it was kind of like a drop away corner. So okay. kind of went down like pretty far Ooh. and ended up, um, yeah, I ended up breaking like or fracturing um or yeah it's like a compression fracture uh t6 through nine good grief so it's like between the shoulder blades okay so you kind of went into the berm like a tack like you're tackling the berm almost and just compressed in exactly yeah yeah not not good so the bike actually came apart is what caused it the axle backed out and the wheel you know like twisted and i wasn't expecting it so it just pitched me over the front jeez Holy crap. Yeah, it messed up. Well, okay. So was it one of those things like you woke up in the hospital and people had to tell you what happened? Was there was there footage of it or anything like that? Or no, no footage. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But it was, like I, I remember like I remember crashing kinda. I remember like um being taken down on a a quad. I was like on a, I was like on a stretcher on a trailer being pulled by a quad like all oh. the way down the mountain <laughs> you're like every bump hurts fellas <laughs> oh yeah i'm like take it easy <laughs> but um yeah like i remember a ton of details like from the crash you know because you kind of like i think I, I most likely was knocked out for a little bit yeah but like luckily um the resort we were at i don't know why i'm blanking on the name they have like a world-class like emergency center and it's like at the base of the mountain you know Oh, that's good. And then the hospital I ended up at was like literally the spinal surgeons were the best in the, like in the world, I'm pretty sure. So I I ended up having to have surgery. I had like, they had to stabilize that whole area. So they put like two, two rods on like either side of the spine and then 10, 10 screws. So like uh, screw in six through nine straight down. Jeez. Just to stabilize the the vertebrae, were the vertebrae broken like, like crunched this way, or were they yeah, broken yeah, yeah. like okay, okay, like like compressed, compressed. Like so, oh. yeah, and like one of them was in like worse shape than the rest because okay. the surgeon was like, you could probably like wear one of those turtle shell like back braces, I guess it is. Uh huh. So you'd be in it for like twelve months, you know. Oh, that takes and forever. He's like, I recommend surgery for sure. Yeah, and so I, you know, I did, and um, I still had to wear a brace. I think I was in a, in a brace for like six months, but wow. I was able to like walk walk around pretty easily, and you know, move a bit. Was the was the fear to stabilize it? Was the fear that um, things would move and, and affect the spinal cord? Is that why they wanted yeah. to do that? Okay. Damn, damn, Jeremy. So, did um, were you like mid pack when that happened? Was like. Um, um, I don't. I don't remember. You know who's behind me was uh, 
the photographer Dave Trumpor. Okay. Like you've probably seen his stuff. He's he's super good. But yeah. um, I don't know. I I think I was towards the front. I think because I remember Stick coming up after and like looking at the bike because he was the one that kind of figured out what happened. Got it. Okay. Dang. Traumatic, man. So that was, uh, was that, that's where you, I mean, that's a big one to come back from. So you decided after that, like, no, no more DH for me and, or, or. Um, No, I don't think so. I think I I was, you know, it took six months of recovery. So I had bought a gravel bike just to like ride the bike path and start moving my legs again. Yeah. Get exercise. Yeah. And obviously I wasn't trying to like rush back to downhill <laughs> right but i wasn't like i'm not gonna ever do that again you know yeah. i just um i think i bought a hardtail just to because it was more fun than the gravel bike for me yeah then i just really liked it like i i just as i spent more time on the cross-country bike it was fun and then i ended up going back to fontana but i was racing cross-country now oh and yeah sweet. it was cool it's another challenge to, to kind of to get after you know like i felt like i had kind of like i could check downhill off like i, I was happy with what i the race result and the my skill level i had achieved yeah but then this cross country thing is like this whole new kind of like challenge i guess Dude, it's like ripping around on a porsche out there you know fast <laughs> yeah. responsive you know picking lines yeah, it's different too like you like you can get into flow state pretty easily on you know like on a a mountain bike now like i'm sure at greer when you're like shredding and you're just you kind of like you're hyper focused yes like you can get that but on a, on a cross-country bike like i can i can get that easier because like your heart rate's super high and you're going fast you know i don't know it just like it captured me i think because of that dude and i bet part of the moto uh like the love that you had for moto because like, you're not just the one dude on the track, you know, you, you've got other folks around you. And then there's that like competitive feel, like I feel them right next to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little get... strategy going on and yes. you can play games with, with the pack and all that stuff. Right. Get the whole shot drift, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, that's, that's cool, man. That's really cool. So you fell in love with XC. Um, and now do you still, is, is it still XE hardtail or are you just on like a smaller travel bike that you're ripping around on or? I pretty much like switch it up. I've yeah. been on, you know, I've had like the Epic, the full suspension Epic for some years. Right now I have a, my only bike is a hardtail. So that's what I'm running right now. That chisel, which is a Dang. super fun bike. Explain for, for the folks, like I, I haven't ridden much XC, but can you explain a little bit on how it feels different? Like, um, I heard you say a little bit about it, but like, how is the XC bike like different than, than the trail bike when you're out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like really, especially with the hardtail, it's extremely responsive, you know, like you put power on the pedal and you're going like, there's no, there's no squish. Right. Yeah. Um, like cornering is, I, I guess the biggest thing is just the travel, you know, cause even my, my chisel, the geometry is pretty slack. It's probably like what my chumba was, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> chumba F5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's just like right now, when I ride a long travel bike right now, I don't like, I, I don't feel comfortable. I'm just going in the corners and just like 
you just feel so much movement and so much squish. So even when I, I ride trails, I, I prefer to have like a shorter, shorter travel trail bike. I just, just like the way it feels, I guess. Yeah. I, I bet. I mean, once you get that feeling, that responsive feeling, that, that playfulness of the bike to be able to, you know, just feel, feel it, I guess is, yeah. is, is for you know, like a lot of word. it too is just like a, most of my riding is from my garage and just like going out for an hour, hour and a half. And like to get to the trails is a half an hour ride just to get to the trail, but it's yeah. all bike path, you know, but yeah. like, I want to get there as fast as I can. Like I want to, so it's just part of the ride. Like you just put the hammer down you get up there, you do your loop, you get back. Sick. And it's super satisfying. Yeah. Dropping that hammer. Do you, are you, uh, you Strava in those, those rides so that you can kind of look at your times and be like, today yeah. is the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just looking at it cause I got like a, I got a calm, you know, and which you never get in. Like, yeah. Like, oh, what? I like changed <laughs> something. And it's just kind of like an obscure loop. So it's nothing like special, but I was like going through the stats and I have almost 2000 rides recorded on Strava. Whoa. I think I'm just about to get to 2000. Dang, Jeremy. That's a lot, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Like almost, I think like 30,000 miles or something. Oh my but yeah, god! I was like, wow. I mean, I've been using it for quite a while, but I was a little bit surprised. That's cool. That's got to feel good. That's got to feel really good. Yeah. I couldn't imagine 2000 yeah. recorded rides. Whoa. Whoa. How much of on those recorded rides, how much of those would you say is XC now? Are you, are you catching up to your DH days now? Or do you think you've surpassed? I don't know. Can you track that? I, um, sure. I think you'd have to do it manually. You'd have to look back and, and try to add it up. But, yeah. um, yeah, that's probably that's more, probably more like you figure I broke my back, my back in 2013. So by the end of 2014, I was probably racing cross country. Yeah, yeah. it makes but sense. I've, I've almost always had a trail bike, though. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, if you're taking off from your garage, that's pretty nice. You're gonna, you know, versus the DH times we had to like drive somewhere and then Dude, shuttle up. Find someone and... to shuttle you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, uh, modern OC data saying, "Hey, don't be modest. You're a local legend, Jeremy." <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you. is. That is cool. Spokesman saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm always say I'm glad I never discovered mode. I'd probably be dead by now. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, have, I still have some some injuries that come back once in a while from moto. <laughs> oh, man, I bet. I bet. So, Jeremy, like we talked about design. We talked about you on the bike and, I, you know, you're a dad, you're a family man. Um, in today's market, 2023, I know it's like, it's hard for a lot of folks in the bike industry. Everything's kind of slowed down, but yet people have inventory from like 2021 orders that they had to place really early. Um, yeah. where, where are you looking to put your skills now? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely still want to be focused on, on the bike industry, you know, but you're right. Like it's, it's going to be a weird it's hard to say how long, maybe a year, maybe two years, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, right now I'm just doing as much like freelance as I can, just trying to help out, you know, local, local businesses and companies and 
um, you know, looking, looking around and I'm not like specifically focused on the bike industry. I'm definitely open to anything else, medical, you know, honestly, anything. Yeah. Still in that same line of work though, like apparel design or graphic design. Yeah. Yeah. Graphic design, you know, been doing that forever. Apparel, that's probably what I have the most experience in, Uh but it's also like a little bit, um, probably more rare, I guess. Like there's less open positions for apparel. It's just kind of a a little bit of a hard, hard thing to do. Um, and then I've been looking quite a bit for marketing roles as well, mm. because while, I mean, I, I, have, I have maybe like five years of experience in, in digital marketing at this point. Okay. And yeah, I like, I really enjoy it. It was kind of one of those things where I just hopped on it when I was at Tasco because we, we all had to do everything. There was two of us. Yeah. The majority of the time I was there. Right. And, um, yeah, I just enjoy it. Like I love the the tracking and the kind of like that constant iteration, you know, like you, you, it's really a process. Like you, you don't just like launch something out into the world and just like leave it. Yeah. You know, you, you put a campaign out and then you're, you're checking in on it daily and you're tweaking the copy and you're adjusting the creative and, you know, like adjusting budgets on ad placements. And it's just, a, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like that whole ROI aspect of it, you know, like what we're putting out there, what's what's coming back from it and what can we tweak? And then you find the secret sauce and then Right. Yeah. You know, that's like the that's the motivator. Like, what's that one thing that's just gonna yes. like set it off, you know? Yeah. But it I will say that's what was like really challenging about about Tasco is like living like I'm building product like for 18 months in the future. Whew. And then I'm doing marketing for like tomorrow. <laughs> you know oh yeah and like, that'd be so, like, crazy context switch like back between the two like it was almost like disorienting so that's I, one of the that's one thing that um it was like a real a real challenge for sure oh man i didn't realize it was eight, 18 so you're like a year and a half trying to project in the future for design but then also trying to sell or market you know to what's in there right now so yeah i could i could imagine that that would be disorienting that'd be hard yeah, like I, I literally forget, like what year am I in? Because I'm working on 2024 product, like marketing 2022 product. Wow. So you got like the spread of like <laughs> confusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're KOMing the XC side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to go clear my head, man. I'm going to lose it. Right? The bike is the best therapist. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I love it. Oh, man. Well, Jeremy, man, I, I, I wish you the best of luck with everything. And uh, for anybody that's listening to the segment podcast audio or on YouTube right now, and you're looking for someone for marketing or apparel, product design, uh, Jeremy, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, my Instagram is at Jeremy Nicely. And maybe, I don't know, screen grab it or put it in the show notes because it's a little tough to spell. Yeah. Um, and my email is fine too. You can reach me at jeremynicely at me.com. Okay, JeremyNaisley at me.com. I will definitely put that in the show notes uh, for for you. Talented, talented guy. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Uh, 
one more thing that just came in. Spokesman in he says, Jeremy, that was a fascinating talk. Thank you for showing me a side of design that is fun, innovative, and interesting. All the best to you and yours. Hope to meet you someday. Yeah, yeah sure. Thank you. Yeah, that's come from another yeah, fellow designer. I have designer. to come for a ride again. I came to that um, that Fullerton ride. Yes. And I met a lot of, I met like a ton of people and I have no idea like who was who just because it was so many people. So I'd love yeah. to go meet up with you guys and hit a ride again. Yeah. Are you by chance heading out to the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival? Ah, man, I was planning on it. And then you said it's next weekend and I didn't realize that. So, oh. <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> well, I think we have a week and a half. I think it's like the first weekend of March. So a little bit of time if you if you do yeah. decide to go. A lot of the folks that are on here are from Northern California, from all over the place. Uh, we got Southern California, Northern California, Miami, um, a lot of people. So, but yeah, if you do make it, we'll, we'll introduce you to more people. Um, I think that it's awesome. Everything that you've done, all the clothes that you've, you've created and put out there that we all wear. And, uh, it's crazy to think that when you're at the top of a trailhead, you know, people don't even realize that what they're wearing was because of you. <laughs> so it's like, it's nuts. It's nuts. But thank you, Jeremy, for everything. Go ahead and give Jeremy nicely a follow on Instagram. Take a look in the show notes. And, uh, oh, yeah, Spokesman says, we are renting a house out there. He says, we have a couch. So, Jeremy, you have a place to crash if nice. you want to come to. Yeah, there you go. You can tow us around Thanks, out there in Sedona. Um, thank you all for being on the second podcast on Friday night. Jeremy Nisley, everybody, creator of a lot of apparel that we all wear. Now you know. We'll see you all Thanks, soon. Everyone. Good night, folks. And that is going to do it with that episode with Jeremy Nisley. I got lost into the whole aspect of design and how it all works that the time went by. This one was a little bit longer than normal, but I hope you all really enjoyed it and uh, really enjoyed Jeremy's story. I uh, always want to leave you with this. As always, dream big. Those dreams do come to you guys for a reason. So why not take pieces of those dreams and turn them into goals and start achieving those goals little bits at a time to live the dream that you've always wanted. Without further ado, I will let you all go for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll either see you back here on the next episode or I'll see you out on the trails. Take care, everybody.